Hello everyone and welcome to Canonament Sound of Play 134. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the mini video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Ryan Heyman, in Sound of Play 134, is my good friend from the Playwright podcast, Ryan Quintel. Ryan, it's great to be here on a podcast where I can call you Ryan. (laughs) There are no rules on this podcast. That's right. That might still get a little bit confusing, but I'm I'm sure that the, the music is the centerpiece for this particular podcast. So Ryan and Ryan is, we have the same first name. We uh, host another podcast together and uh, this isn't going to be just one long infomercial. Like we are here to listen to music. So just to give some context though, we host a podcast together called Playwright, which is spelled P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E. 
in which we challenge ourselves with coming up with two brand new video game pitches every week. And we basically workshop those between the two of us. And then we bring in a piece of uh, listener correspondence and workshop that as well and uh, walk away with three pretty solid video game pitches that are feasible, but still really creative and really wonderful and just kind of like fun to think through and expand the scope of uh, of what we expect video games to be. So yeah, that is, if you're interested in the two of our voices together, that's where you can find <laughs> us weekly. If, if fans <laughs> of the genre will like... <laughs> if you're a big video game fan, then you found your way to the right place. <laughs> Absolutely. Today, you are bringing us a track from... Well, this was a uh, familiar track to many, I assume, but um, maybe in a different form. Yes. Well, um, it wouldn't be a, a Ryan Quintel sound of play appearance if we didn't kick it off with some 16-bit era <laughs> uh, music, but this is kind of up-tempo and remixed. So mm. one of my favorite episodes of Sound of Play it was the Sonic music special. It was really great. And one of my favorite games from 2017 was Sonic Mania. I thought it was really fun and a great way to revisit Sonic. And I played it for the first time and hit the chemical plant zone, which is a typical Sonic stage, and heard the sort of updated but very familiar chemical plant track that I love. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. You'll, you'll hear it in this oh, one. Yeah. But uh, then Sonic Mania did exactly what Sonic Mania does and remixes it when you get to sort of the second phase of the stage. Here, I think the artist is T. Lopez, and he's doing a wonderful uh, take on the chemical plant zone. It it felt like not just a fan, but a very competent music artist uh, doing these remixes. Yeah, this is cool. That main kind of refrain that comes back over and over again in that song is uh, usually the kind of standout lead part of the track. It's just very almost like a sassy yes. instrumental lead. And I, I really love it as a lot of personality. And I think that's what is highlighted in every remix of the song that I've heard before. And this one's interesting because that main line, like it's still very clear and distinguishable, but it almost kind of like falls to the background as everything else is so much more extreme. Yeah, he uses great like almost sirens and noise to make you feel um, <laughs> feel that main theme take a little bit of a backseat in it in that way. And I agree, I've heard remixes of the Chemical Plant Zone before, but that in that way, he he, I don't know if he listened to everything that was out there, but it feels so fresh. Anyways, let's move on to our second track. This is another familiar piece from uh, probably about the same period of time, actually, as the original Chemical Plant Zone, not the (laughs) Sonic Mania version. Anyways, this is a little track that I had kind of forgotten until I came back to playing Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2, on the um, SNES Classic and was just kind of immediately reminded with like, oh yeah, this track's actually like really catchy and really cool. It's super short and not that complex, but for how minimal it is, like they squeeze a lot of like just coolness out of those very few notes. I don't know. I really, really like this song. This is the map theme from uh, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island composed by Koji Kondo. And uh, if you would like to hear more discussion about the game itself, 
And then that is discussed at length in Canaan Rinse 113. I've never beaten it myself, but I've spent uh, quite a bit of time with uh, Woolly World. And it's one that I've always meant to kind of like go back to and, and really thoroughly cane and rinse. Oh, I just love this song. So what I'm going to be playing now is the theme that kind of repeats a couple times. And then I'm going to layer in a few of the different versions that you will hear throughout the game as they add instruments in the way that Koji Kondo uh, usually does. Ryan, do you go way back with the SNES original version of this game? Or um, are you a more recent comer to Yoshi's Island? I have a lovely history with Yoshi's Island. I can remember (laughs) my brother and I passing the controller back and forth uh, with our original Super Nintendo uh, back when we were little kids. And yes, inevitably, um, in between actually playing levels of this game, you (laughs) there was times where mom would call us to dinner or we would have to go uh, and do something. And so oftentimes we would leave it on the level select screen. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm the second I fired up this track, it just transported me back to being, you know, uh, (laughs) a preteen and hearing many, many hours of. (laughs) I guess without further ado, that's a little teaser for, you know, let's get to the real thing. Our next track is a request from the forum. This comes from Todinho, who says, In 2016, one of the games that most took me by surprise was the roguelike mob simulator Oklos. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I have no idea. Yeah, I think, is it Greek or something? <laughs> yeah, it has a Greek kind of theme to it. Anyways, this is a game about forming a giant mob of angry Greeks. There we go. To take on the gods, not only the gameplay was really fun and chaotic, but the music was one of the main reasons I liked it so much, especially how the music fits the gameplay perfectly. Most songs start fairly subdued, but as the stage progresses and you start to increase the size of the mob and the destruction on screen, the music starts to grow, getting more instruments and the energy to match the action. The best example for this is probably the music from the first stage, Delphi. Yes, I listened to this beforehand, and this song kicks a lot of ass, especially about halfway through when it really picks up. I am uh, very glad that Todinho requested this. Um, We've played one song from Oklos in the past, and uh, I'm very happy to see it on um, on the docket again. There is a version of this out on PC, but it looks to be like an enhanced version, so I don't know 
what the original Oculus came out on because uh, that's all the information I was able to find on it. It's kind of a mysterious one. So Stodinio, if you're still out there, I assume you are. Gosh, that's kind of a weird way to phrase that. <laughs> if you're still Stodinio, alive. Please let us know more about Oculus. I'm super interested and um, yeah, I'm curious about the history of this particular game. Anyways, let's get to that music. This is Delphi by Gordon McLattery from Oklos. This next track I put on before the uh, recording so that I can kind of like, you know, get into my head. Yeah. And without even looking at it, I thought, oh, you know what? This kind of sounds like an I Am Setsuna track. And it's funny because I've never even played the game. I just kind of like am familiar with the soundtrack by reputation as being like this kind of like piano led kind of more soothing type of soundtrack. And uh, so, yeah, this is a really fun track. Why don't you introduce this to us? So the track I brought is called Rounds of the Fates. Uh, and I like you. Oh, thank uh, you. I like you. And <laughs> I, comma, like you, have never played... You gotta put another uh, comma on the end of that. <laughs> I don't mean to be a grammar Nazi here, but... Oh, I've got to add them left and right. Um, <laughs> I've never played this game, but I listened to the soundtrack all the way through multiple times, and I still will occasionally put it on when I'm doing work. When I listened to this track, and the reason I selected it is because... I feel like this is a great example of a song that would, if it was traditionally scored and put with an orchestra in the way that modern RPGs typically do, this song would be so much more full and bombastic sounding. But I think it, in a really interesting way, it's more effective as a piano-only track. And I'm a piano player, so I love hearing you know, just wonderfully complex uh, melodies rendered on that instrument. 
Cool, let's get into Rounds of the Fates by Tomoki Miyoshi. Our next track is another request from the forum. This comes from Joba Bonobo. It's much fun to say as it is to read. <laughs> I'm looking at the name now and I, I'm glad you did that because I just see a <laughs> series of bobs or something happening in there that I, oh, I get. Yeah, yeah. Frequent contributor to the show. So, you know, we're very familiar with how to say that name. <laughs> Joba Bonobo says, after hearing all the praise from the critics and sheer enthusiasm from its fan base, it is only recently that I finally tried Undertale, and it's a title which I fully agree with the critical consensus on. Funny, charming, emotional, clever, and a little dark at times, it really is one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Helping it get into my good books is the incredible music done by main creator Toby Fox. There's barely a stinker to be found among the soundtrack. While just about any piece of music from the game could be a contender on Sound of Play, for me, it is the title theme that plays before you encounter Asgore, that is my absolute favorite. When you hear the music, you go through Asgore's house, and without getting too spoiler-heavy, it's here that the monsters will tell you about their plight being trapped underground and how they might finally be free. While you might be going towards your doom, for the monsters it could be their salvation. The use of a few notes played by the guitar throughout the track makes the only music piece in the game with live instruments, and it really is effective in helping you understand the situation from the monster's perspective. While tunes like Megalovania and Bone Trussell are great and rightly beloved, I believe it's this beautiful piece that I will always associate with Undertale, and for me, sums up the main theme of the game perfectly, empathy. That's nice. This is Undertale by Toby Fox. Mm-hmm. 
This next track is another 3DS track from me. I played one a couple of weeks ago, and um, yeah, here's, here's another great 3DS piece of music. This comes from Bravely Default. This is called Into the Enemy Territory. This is composed by Revo of Sound Horizon, that Japanese band. I really like this piece of music. One, because anything with a prominent cello is going to immediately win me over. I love the sound of that instrument. Um, but also because kind of like that Oklos track that we played earlier, it feels like it's really um, hiding its full intensity until later on. It does a really great build up. And then, um, you you know, I like a song that makes me wait for the good part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That anticipation. And then when it finally pays off, it's just this cool triumphant piece of music that just kind of tears through everything else. And so it's got some amazing live instrument performances on there. It's got some really, really great tunes and a ton of variety. It's another one of those pieces, kind of like last week's, uh, two weeks ago's uh, 3DS track, that makes me think this is being played on a handheld. Like yeah. most of the time, volume is either switched off or being played through those tinny little speakers. You almost need like surround sound or big old headphones to really fully appreciate this piece of music. And so I don't know if it's, I mean, the 3DS has pretty decent speakers, but they're not like, you know, TV soundbar or anything like that. That's exactly what I thought when I listened to this, is this thing is punching way above its weight for a 3DS game. Not that 3DS games have bad soundtracks or anything, but yeah, the you would have to have headphones to appreciate a track like this being played while you're playing a game, and how many people actually did that, I don't know. There's a lot of really subtle stuff going on in there, and uh, that's one of the things I thought about I, I was familiar with the Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes soundtrack before I ever played the game. And so when I ended up buying a copy, I was really curious to hear how the music held up being played through those little tiny 3DS speakers. <laughs> yeah. And I was surprised like how good it sounded. And I think it's because the specific instruments that they chose were uh, very conducive to that a speaker set. You know, they did a really, really good job of selecting sounds that would sound just as good, kind of playing out of that smaller speaker set. This sounds not like that. <laughs> this particular track, yeah, right, doesn't exactly sound like that. It sounds like something that I would be very curious to hear what it actually sounds like on the 3DS. And I do have Bravely Default sitting around here somewhere. It's one of those that I will get to after. Um, after Phoenix Wright on the 3DS, I've got my like last remaining 3DS games that I want to get through before I can, you know, switch that console off for a while. But anyways, let's just listen to the music. This is Into the Enemy Territory from Bravely Default.
our next track, we have another request from the forum. This comes from Bloody Initiate, who says, I will now lighten the mood with some Chante. I've barely played Half Genie Hero. My life saw a friend playing it, was entranced, so I bought it for her, and she got frustrated with it and doesn't play it. What a little I played makes me think it was a perfectly good game. The song plays on the level my wife got stuck in the longest, so it stuck in my head. Conveniently, I like it. It starts out very generic, which I'm pretty sure is just to let it loop easily, but it gets much better. Yes, this is called Counterfeit Mermaids. hard to not be in a good mood after that song yeah it's a nice piece of music so this next piece of music i'm curious this um this game subnautica uh recently the sound designer got in a lot of trouble for making some uh very uh unpleasant remarks on social media oh and uh, was was fired from the team and so i don't know if the sound designer is the same person as the soundtrack composer because those are two different auditory skill sets. So yes. I hope we're not just amplifying the work of a really bad person, but the game is a good talking point. It's a recent release and one that 
it has gotten a fair amount of attention, but maybe not as much as it deserves from what I've heard. It has a very dedicated fan base. It's apparently getting a lot of uh, really good pre-launch and post-launch support, and it has a really interesting premise. How much time have you spent with Subnautica? Right, I was almost late for this podcast uh, because I was playing Subnautica. (laughs) (laughs) This is a game that my youngest brother picked up back when it was in its early throes of early access and hounded me to play. He said, this is an amazing game. I I would always make fun of him. Even I saw, you know, his status was playing Subnautica. I was like, more Subnautica, huh? He, he probably has <laughs> hundreds of hours in there. Um, I'm about eight hours in. It's a survival game that is attempting to be ambitious about the story that it wants to tell. Mm. And I think That is so fascinating and interesting to me. But from the very moments uh, of starting the game, and I I picked it up shortly before it's 1.0, and I started it up maybe just last week. And you start up, and of course, you crash land in the middle of all you can see is water. And I think that this tracks sun and moon... Um, and the the game has a gorgeous day-night cycle, but it has this feeling of existential dread to be dropped into the middle of an ocean and then realize yeah. night is coming for the first time, and you're a little too far away from your base, and the <laughs> entire screen is about to go near pitch black unless you have some tool that you've crafted to help you see better. And even then, every noise and every sound, you're, you know, you're on a a hair hair raising edge of like oh what was that like what did i just hear this track captures it well i've played a little bit of this um i picked it up while it was on sale still in early access because i was uh, very interested in trying it in vr this is kind of an underwater exploration type of game it is really cool in vr i haven't gone back to it post-launch and um it felt like it was a little bare bones probably just the vr version at the time Um, And so I'd imagine if I went back now, it'd be a little bit more kind of fully fleshed out. Uh, But this game in particular, I could function just fine with that kind of free movement in VR, unless I was going straight downwards. That just like really messed with my like equilibrium for some reason that that really messed me up there. Yeah, I can imagine this, especially if there's no landmass or anything to orient you, you could lose it real quick. Feel your knees go out under you when you're looking down and you're descending. <laughs> Anyways, let's listen to Sun and Moon by Simon Klinsky, I'm going to guess. Uh, yeah, or, or Chilinsky? Possibly. Uh, from Subnautica. Thank you. 
We have one track left to listen to today, but before we close out for the day, I would like to remind everyone to go over to the forum at caneandrinse.com forum, or get in touch with us on Twitter at caneandrinse, where you can request your own tracks for future Sound of Plays, and we will play them here on the podcast, and discuss them and listen to them, and um, yeah, you will be famous for a week. Please do subscribe to Sound of Play and to Canon Rinse as well, and leave us a rating that does really help our visibility out quite a bit. I've been Ryan Heyman, and I would like to thank my guest, Ryan Quintel, the always faithful Ryan Quintel. Would you like to plug anything, wink, wink? I would like to plug one thing that's been on the top of my mind. The show that we do is called Playwright. It is uh, different from this show, but similar in it that both of us are on it. <laughs> um... Yeah, Ryan said everything you need to know about it at the beginning. Uh, we have a great, dedicated fan base that writes in and shares awesome ideas. And we're always looking for new people to write in and share new ideas. And it can be as big as, you know, a multi-paragraph uh, Joe Bo Bonobo uh, <laughs> sort of write-in. Or it can be as small as literally tweeting at PlaywrightCast um, an image or a thought and a passing. And we'll muse on it and we will share it with the world and try and turn it into something great. Or at least not something we're embarrassed about but uh and it's short too it's under an hour every week so it's not another huge time commitment you can listen to it on your your commute into work so check out playwright yeah it's just really fun it's a really nice little injection of creativity and uh i hope it kind of inspires some creativity in everyone else as well we've had some uh cane and rinse guests in the past we've had leon on in the past and uh sean bell frequent contributor to the show so, anyways, that is Playwright, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E. The last track I have today is an interesting one. I'm not really sure if it's going to work yet, but... Um, I'm, ex- I'm very excited to hear it. Yeah, basically, what this is, is I've been playing a ton of Drop Mix lately, which is a card game that's put out by Harmonics, who also did Rock Band. And if you want to hear more Harmonics and Rock Band chat, that is Kane and Rinse number 233. And basically, Drop Mix is a card game, but all of the cards have NFC chips. And so when you play them on this board, which has like five different slots that cards can fit onto, the board reads these NFC chips and plays the music that is associated with those. And so the cards are usually just one instrument, one part, like you would get in a rock band game, like a bass, guitar, vocals, drums, uh, keyboard, all these different types of uh, parts. And it layers on top of each other, kind of all five that are in play at any given time, and beat matches them and matches them with the you know appropriate pitch and tempo and key and all of that stuff. And so it ends up sounding usually pretty good. You know, not all the time. Sometimes it gets a little chaotic, but it usually ends up sounding like, you know, like you're a Neil Sisierga on an off day. And that's really exciting. Um, it's it's just very cool because you're playing a really fun card game, but you're also getting to hear the music mix constantly evolve as you go. And so what I've done is I just put it in free mix mode and I just... um yeah, basically mixed. freely mixed. I yeah. used a bunch of the cards that I have and created almost a half hour long 
mix that's kind of like a constantly rotating like a dj set almost with different pieces of different uh, real life licensed tracks kind of fading in and out and um it doesn't always sound great you know there are times when it gets a little hectic but i try to correct that as soon as possible sometimes the cutoffs don't happen exactly where i want them to but overall i think it's um well, I guess we'll have to see. I'm not really sure how this is going to go yet, putting it on podcast, but um, I'm I'm curious. Now, Ryan, you said on Playwright, we were talking about this before, that you recently got a drop mix board for The Office. Um, the uh, Well, The Office, rather, got the drop mix board, I see, yeah. and I, I watched people play it from afar. I've still not dipped my toe in, but just still hearing... Still too shy? Yeah, well, just hearing... Uh, Call Me Maybe mashed up with so many different things at this point <laughs> has has me reeling. It's so cool. And I I think it's it's really interesting to play on this show because it is, uh, you know, you can imagine the listener, imagine it happening in real time in your head. People are putting these cards down on this uh, interface and it the game is kind of doing what it would. It, it It's amazing that it even works at all. Yeah, so let's uh let's listen to this and just kind of see what happens. This is the drop mix mix, I guess, from Drop Mix. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>